I'm like, I'm like a eight-year-old in a twenty-three-year-old's body, so I'm going to bed as soon as. But when you wake up, when you wake up early, at least you get a lot done. I, I try and wake up early. <laughs> I, I can't say I always succeed, but I, I try my hardest. <laughs> I've been having that battle recently. And also, I always feel like, doesn't matter how early you get up, there's always someone who gets up earlier. And then you still feel <laughs> like you've had a massive lane. Like, like you've accomplished I, nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, for a little while, I was, like, trying to be really good and get up at half seven every day. And yeah. then someone on my Instagram that I was following, she was like, oh, I get up at 5.45. And I was like, what? Why? Now I feel really inadequate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jocko, we're linked 443. Yeah. That's crazy. Or I can hear yeah. my neighbours shuffling around at six in the morning. I'm like, how are you awake? Shuffling mm-hmm. around, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, crazy. no one else got that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible joke, but all right. What um, did I didn't sh- know what you said, no. I just said, yeah, shuffling around, that's what they say. Um, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad we repeated that. <laughs> like, no one gets his shit jokes. Um, sorry, I'm just trying to do this recorder as well. Should be more prepared. Low battery, that's good. All right, fuck it, we'll do it with that one. Right then. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going. We're going. We're going. The recording's going. Everyone's going. Yes. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. Crazy waffle. Uh, this is nearly episode 200, so I'm excited. Wow, excited. congrats. Yeah, yeah, it is uh, moving forward in good ways, but uh, yeah, so bringing you on, uh, could you tell us who you are, what you do, and a little bit about yourself? Yes, so my name is Danielle Morrell-Cox, I am born and raised in Montreal, Canada, and I am a graphic designer, illustrator, and author for being technical, but to me, I just like to draw pretty pictures. Nice. <laughs> we, we're creatives, that's what we call ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, good all-rounder term. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, what, what what is uh, our topics today? Because you know, Yakub's gonna um, host this one. Which I didn't tell him. <laughs> you didn't tell me that. Um, <laughs> Just to bring it on him during the episode. Why not? <laughs> he's done the most research. So um, I was gonna I'll stall for a couple of seconds, and then I was gonna ask him what the topics are today. Well, I'm, I mean, the main topic I wanted to talk about was the importance of uh, uh, representation in, in design mm-hmm. and. Uh, because I know we've talked about it on a podcast that hasn't yet been released, where right. um, we talked about our, like people that we looked up to in design. And for, mm. for me and uh, for a lot of people like me, there wasn't a, peop- a lot of people who looked like me or acted like me or dre- dressed like me. I once got told that I don't look like a designer. And, and what does a designer even look like? Exactly. <laughs> I, I got told that I looked like a designer when I started wearing like a brown long coat and, and I, I just thought that was the most ridiculous thing to me. That is ridiculous. Uh, but I, I think the discussion that I'm most looking forward to is hearing about the, the importance of representation mm. of every, every culture, every creed, every colour, every lifestyle that there is. Yeah, I will start there, sure. Yeah, I mean, um, kind of piggybacking on what you said, not only in design, though, but just like growing up, in media in general like the lack of diversity was mind-boggling but as a kid you don't really notice it right like as a kid you're just like ooh, like this cartoon's fun or like this sing-along is great and then you realize when you look in certain areas as you get older and then of course like when people not only bully you but just like talk and communicate with you that there Mm -hmm. is that lack of 
wait, you've never seen someone like me before. And the first time maybe you've seen it too, not just myself, but it's when you're interacting with me and you don't know how to interact with me. And maybe you're saying something rude and obnoxious, but I don't really even understand it either because I'm a kid. Um, But (laughs) it kind of just like started from there and kind of just went into the design aspect. I mean, when I was in college now, like over a decade ago, um, (laughs) there was one other person in my year that was black. Everyone else was white or white looking, I guess you could say. Um, But there was no other black person, not even the teachers. In my year, there was just that one person that was it. Um, So it kind of became a normal thing, as terrible as it sounds. But being able to see yourself, um, as you probably know, being able to see yourself is is, is almost almost magical when you don't normally get it and then you do get it. It's like, where has this been my whole life? Um, so yeah, it's, it's been, it's been an up and down kind of thing, but now you can see a lot more creatives are of the minorities. And so it's, it's definitely great to see. Yeah. That was the, uh, it's the kind of the same for me when I just got out of university a year ago and there was <laughs> one other, other Muslim in my class Yeah, and we kind of, I don't know. It's funny. Cause at the beginning we kind of competed. <laughs> we were, we're two very competitive people, <laughs> uh, but by the end we were, we were quite close and yeah brought each other up a lot which was was a lot of fun to see and I think that was coming from like finding our own voice and finding our own uh personalities Mm -hmm. kind of and learning I think for many years growing up like you said there there wasn't a lot of representation for people who look like me for example uh Mm -hmm. where I would try and quote-unquote normalize myself and try and conform yeah and then it took me a while to realize that I didn't have to conform I didn't have to dress like a designer dresses it to be called a designer yeah exactly uh, yeah and from from that point forward i'm a, a lot more open about being myself i think that's a very important thing it's one of the yeah. things i love about the the zuri and dre i have uh, here plushies there they are they're amazing and i, I love on the <laughs> so cool. on the about page that it says they're for people who don't fit in and know it mm-hmm. you know? so yeah, could you talk a bit about Thank that? You. Talk about where the idea came from and like how, yeah, how it came, how they came to be actual toys. Yeah, um, so it kind of as as I've kind of just designed and before um, I went fully freelance, I was of course working in the offices and learning from there after I graduated. Um, but I always made sure to do personal projects, and I always made sure to do that not just because it's great to do and it's good to be able to distract yourself from certain things, but it was because like. I was procrastinating and didn't want to do those office work things or those freelance projects that maybe I wasn't in the mood for. So with the personal projects, I was actually doing a, um, a social media kind of like design and I was doing something based off of someone that looked like me. And so it was just like a minimal uh, design because that's kind of like my forte, I kind of focus on more of the minimalist aspect of design. And so I had created a visual that looked like me with like my hairstyle and people were just like, oh my gosh, I need more. And I was like, okay, sure, why not? So I created, um, I think it was 12 in total. That was more of like the feminine female form, but they were very minimal. So it was just like eyes and nose. And then from there, I created the bo- the ones that look like boys. Some of them were very um, like non-gender conforming too, because there was the people with the shaped heads and you can tell if they're quote unquote male or female. So I kind of hoped I fit in for everyone. I even had a hijabi girl who could have been black, could have been white, but the point is she had the nose that made her look more that she could have been black. Um, And from those faces, I created a coloring book and the coloring book was called Black Kings for the quote unquote boys one and the Black Queens for the girls one. 
um, got really great feedback, really great success. I got a book deal from that, which was fantastic. Um, and then from there, I was like, what can I do with these faces? What can I create? How can I push this more? And so essentially the Ziri face, which is her, which is going back to the same eyes and nose, uh, she's based off of one of the characters from the coloring books. And then Dre is the same thing. So he has the nose and the eyes, and he's also based off of one of the kings. So started off as an Instagram kind of design personal project, turned into a coloring book, and now we have plushies. That's amazing. Yeah. That's such a cool story. <laughs> Thanks. It's a really cool story, really cool project. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I like the uh, the empty cam canvas aspect of a coloring book because you can go into a color coloring book with absolutely no prejudices. And exactly. Yeah. See what you see, and it's it's great. So. Uh, how did you bring it to, from the coloring book to the, the actual toy? How how's it manufactured from? How's that oh. process work? Yeah. Oh, I mean, the process is still happening. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> so we're still in the middle of it. I'm currently actually collaborating with someone who's going to help me with the fundraising and the marketing and et cetera to be able to get the final production made. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have them actually produced. But from the flat designs, as in like the faces to the coloring book to now this, first I wanted to do figurines. So kind of like the Funko Pop type of style figurines. Um, and that was a lot more expensive. So I was like, what's pl what's plan B? I still want to do the figurines, but then it was just like, well, what's plan B? And so essentially, if I wanted to stick within the like the collectible toy or toy route, and I didn't want to do like the plastic dolls that you normally see, um, I wanted to kind of stick out. So then I went towards plushies and it was a matter of finding a supplier just from Google, straight old Google, um, getting quotes from different suppliers. And once I kind of finalized who I was going to go with, then it was a matter of going back and forth with, okay, so I have this visual that's flat and then I have a 3D render that someone created for me. Can you turn this into a plush? <laughs> and they weren't able to do it at the beginning. It was definitely a lot of back and forth. I think for her, we went up to like a prototype four or five. Um, for Dre, for some reason, it was a lot easier, I guess, because his hair is a lot easier to do. Mm -hmm. um, and that was like a prototype two or three. And it was just really just like a draft process, like when you're working with a client, just... Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, can you change this? And because I'm in the design world, I was able to give them like specs and drawings and like move this this way and change this that way. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of back and forth and a lot of research and almost there. I like it. I like it. How was how that being on the client rather than the designer? <laughs> like I get it, but I don't, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've never worked with like 3D items that are like material and sewing. So I definitely know that there's yeah. there's a difference between something you see on a computer and something you see, and you can actually manifest and create and um, put it into a production line. Because yes, you can do it by hand, then you have to also make it feasible to be able to be done in a huge and wide scale. So I definitely understood that aspect. And I was understanding, um, I mean, some things I wish I could do, but some things you just can't do. Um, but it was it was a definite, definitely a different experience. It's definitely easier because I've been on the other end of dealing with clients and I kind of understand like, okay, you can't get everything you want. And you sometimes have to trust the person who's doing it because that's why you're hiring them. Um, so I may not have said it in the email, but I had those reoccurring thoughts in my head before I sent that email saying like, wait, can you do this? And I was like, no, like, let's be realistic. You're working with them for a reason. They know what they're doing. They know about this route or this field a lot more than you do. Mm -hmm. So, I thought of all those things, but then it actually come out in the emails. It's kind of hard to dissociate <laughs> yourself from the uh, the driver's seat when you're used to being a creative, and yeah. you have to 
give your idea off and mm-hmm. let someone else run with it. Yeah, and hopefully they don't mess it up. It's very bizarre, I think. Yeah, yeah, especially when it's an idea like that that's like your baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all yours and you've come up with it all by yourself to then exactly. sort of have to bring someone else in to, to be responsible for it as well must be mm-hmm. terrifying. Yeah, and it's and they're overseas too. So it's not like I can actually go to the facility to just be like, okay, ah. let's do this, let's do that. So that's a whole other conversation. Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting experience. <laughs> well, the plushies oh, oh. look really cool. It looks like it's wiped out. <laughs> thank yeah. you, thank you. They look amazing. Nice. How are they selling? How are they going? And where, where can we buy one? Well, since they're currently in production, I haven't even started pre-orders yet because I want to make sure I have the final um, production run finalized and at least on the way here to Montreal. Um, we're aiming for a December 2020 launch, so in a few months. Pre-orders are probably going to start around October. Cool. cool. So they'll be out for Christmas. Fingers crossed. <laughs> at least at least in Canada. Um the whole point is to have them, of course, like available uh, internationally, but just with shipping and, and because, yeah. of course, we're living through a whole pandemic that shipping delays have definitely happened with that alone, let alone with the busy season of the holidays that are going to come up. It may be harder to send them out internationally by Christmas. Yeah. Nice. Oh, makes sounds, sense. Sounds like a big operation that coming out, yeah. coming out all over the world. Yeah, yeah. it's exciting. <laughs> Sounds like you have a lot going on because you mentioned earlier that you're also an author and you yeah. and your book is uh, My Hair, correct? Yes, and I have it here too. I'm prepared. <laughs> um, oh, <wow>. Funny <laughs> enough, it's actually released as of today in the UK. So you oh, guys can oh, actually, wow. yeah, really cool. you guys can actually see them in your bookstores now, which is exciting. <laughs> want, uh, I, think I, I think I saw it on a Waterstones website earlier. Did you? Today, so I th- yeah, nice. so I think I'm going to go in and pick pick up a copy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Wait, it's in Waterstones. That's amazing. I think, I think so, yeah. If it's not on Waterstones, it's definitely on Amazon. Yeah, it's definitely on Amazon, but I know that it's available in bookstores officially in the UK as of today. That's wow. amazing. Really cool. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to do a quick mid-podcast promotion because uh, whilst everyone keeps talking. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's really cool. And, and the book as well, obviously, it, it ties along with the, the toys really nicely and obviously uh, and the coloring book as well. Mm-hmm. So is it going to be one central hub where everyone can get it at all? Or? Uh, yeah, so I'll eventually be releasing um, a new website, at least for myself, because right now what I used to use, which is DMCMTL, which is still technically like my holding company at this point, which holds like yeah. Ziri and Dre and then my coloring books. Um, I'm going to be releasing a page where I'll just be... Um, selling like my artwork or my posters or my stickers and stuff like that. So I'll be able to have them on the, on there as well. But they, they do have their own specific pages because I kind of want them to have like their own world or their own life kind of thing. Um, There's ziriandre.com and then the coloring books are blackcoloringbooks.com. And hopefully next year for the the plushies, I want to be able to create like a, an animation. So like something you'd see on YouTube. So when kids actually have them in their hands, they can play along or watch the show. So it's not just like, you get it and then you're done. It's kind of like you you grow with them, maybe, if yeah. possible. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, so that'll be the hub for Zuri and Jay, which is ZuriandJay.com. Wicked. Mm-hmm. That's so exciting. Yeah. It is so cool when you have a product like that that can expand and there's just so much you can do with it and you just keep taking it further and yeah make it make it so accessible for so many different people as well, obviously, by having the products and the, the online stuff and the books. and Yeah. yeah. It's also overwhelming, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine it's overwhelming, but you must be really proud of it. I am, I am. I mean, sometimes I don't really, like, 
focus on that. I'm more just like, what's next? What can I do? What's next? What can I do? But it's definitely like super, super something. It's, it's, it's huge for me, at least. Like it's for the, the younger me, the things that I didn't have when I was growing up. And like, mm -hmm. if I do have kids in the future, like they'll be able to grow up with this stuff, which is fantastic. And of course, like there's tons of things that are out now that it weren't out before. But what's really cool is just like, mommy designed this book. So like, that'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So like, yeah. yeah, to have that impact, and to, mm -hmm. to make that real difference. Yeah, really cool. Thank you. I actually wanted to talk about uh, you, how, how the hell did you get all, do all this done, get all this done? Because like, <laughs> you, you got so much stuff on. You got all the illustrations, the, the books, the, the toys, so much going on. How much is time? Um, I'm terrible at time management. Like, I'm going to be 100% with you. I am terrible. Like, yesterday I did nothing. I did absolutely nothing. Should I have just done nothing all day? Definitely not. Um, but it's it's a lot of, like, 10 to 12-hour days when I do start working and decide to work. Um, it's It's just a lot of little things that just add up and turn into something big. And it's definitely overwhelming, as I said before, but I, I don't really know how I would explain it other than lots of lists, <laughs> lots of checking, <laughs> checking off lists, creating lists, checking them off, um, starting over lists because I didn't like the way I wrote it the first time just so I can press, procrastinate <laughs> a little bit more. Um, and just like doing one thing at a time, really, that's really what it comes down to. And if I, if I need help, I, I'll ask for it. Um, but I try as much as I can to do it myself, which can be a good thing and a bad thing, but it's just a lot of lists and a lot of little small things that add up to really one big thing. Mm. That's something I've, I've had been tricky. I've got so much going on with the podcast and the day job and then um, other stuff outside of that, the personal stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Balancing it was a bit tricky. And So you're fully freelance, right? You, you work for yourself? Yeah, exactly. Cool. So I guess that might make it a little bit easier. I don't know. Does that make it easier? <laughs> Not? <laughs> not really because so i officially went 100 percent freelance in 2017 early 2017 um thank you and i um essentially i quit my my day job and that's how i officially went <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> freelance um but when i was working because i had the set hours of having to be there from nine to five having to go in there before so let's say leaving at eight and then coming home by six after traffic etc um i'd work like in, during my lunch times when I was there, if I had a lot of projects, if I had one or two projects, it wasn't that bad. But if I had a lot of projects I was working on, A, I never took the day job stuff home. That was just only day stuff. Um, and B, any time that I had, I used it wisely versus now I'm just like, I have all day. It's fine. I could do it whenever. And now, then it's like 10 p.m. I'm like, okay, I'm screwed. I have no, I've done nothing. <laughs> so I think even though it was stressful, my time management was a lot better when I worked in a day job. I was going to say this. I, I had this exact sort of conversation with someone the other day about mm. when you have less time, it becomes more valuable. Yeah, so definitely. You, you have to use it better. Exactly. And I noticed this when I, when I have had day jobs or now I'm now working a day job um, alongside my freelance stuff, it makes me organize the time that I do have left better because exactly. I know that I'm so much more restricted. Exactly. Whereas exactly as you say, when you wake up in the morning and it's like, I have all day to do that. Exactly. And you're not, you're not set to a certain time. You just, <laughs> I'm so yeah. procrastinator. I don't get anything done. I so, 100 uh, yeah, million I percent agree. sympathize <laughs> with you there. How, how, how was that early transition from doing a day job to freelance? Was that something that you were like looking forward to? I or? I, yeah, I had, so essentially I was working there for a few years. I had a great relationship with the people I worked with. So that was a huge part of it as well. Um, I worked 
nine to five Monday to Friday for the first year or two that I was there. And then when I spoke to my boss and told her that she knew I was freelancing that whole time, uh, right. when I spoke to my boss at the time and I told her I wanted to eventually quit and maybe in the next two weeks type of quit type of thing, mm-hmm. give my resignation. She was like, what if we do this? She offered me part time. So I worked three days a week for another year and a bit. Um, and so I had my two days a week to be able to fully focus on freelance. And then I had the three days that I was at the office. Um, and that was great. But then I kept on taking on more projects and then it became way too overwhelming. So I was like, okay, like at this point, I can't do both. I have to pick one and freelance was always going to be number one. So um, it worked out really well. And because I had a great relationship with them, I actually ended up doing freelance for them after I left for about a year or so. So it was overwhelming towards the end because I was juggling both and I had a lot more freelance to do. But then once it was time to actually just focus on 100% freelance, it was a lot easier. But I'm pretty sure I took like a week off once I, <laughs> once I left the office. <laughs> was, uh, was freelance always the, the goal for you growing up? Did you know that you wanted to be a freelancer? I, I wouldn't say... Of, sorry, go. No, no, continue. I was going to say, a lot of um, people my age, I think struggle trying to trying to figure out whether they want to go freelance whether they want to go into a design studio mm-hmm. i got very i got very fortunate on that end where um i got a job quite quickly okay uh but i before that moment i was in that kind of position where i didn't know whether i was going to go freelance whether i was going to go for a studio yeah what, do you have like a did you weigh out like pros and cons to, to that um i wouldn't say that i weighed out pros and cons then so when i graduated which was in 2011 um, I knew I wanted to freelance, but I knew I would still need the the experience to be able to work in an office. Right. So I definitely applied to offices right away. I didn't get a job right away. So during that time and throughout college and like high school, I was working at a movie theater. So I still had that job and I was still working with that. So I had income, but it wasn't towards graphic design. And then I had a couple small things that were freelance throughout. But when I got my first like, quote unquote, real job, um, I hated it. But I enjoyed the people I enjoyed the people I worked with. Um, I learned a ton. Like I would say most of what I learned in the sense of like, let's say InDesign, because I was working, it was a financial company and we had to redesign all of their forms, all of their paperwork, all of their folders, all of their artwork, et cetera. So with their new redesign, like I learned so much in InDesign just in that one year and a bit that I was there. Um, but I knew for sure that I definitely still wanted to do freelance. It was more of I wasn't ready and I was kind of fearful of the whole idea of like stepping out on my own. But I knew from the beginning I, I wanted to do that. Um, then I had moments of, of course, just like maybe I should work in an agency. Maybe I shouldn't. But I'd always have these. I wouldn't say like messages, but I would hear people talking about like working in an agency and how terrible it is. And I'm just like, OK, maybe I don't want to work in an agency anymore. Um, and then people saying like it's nothing different than working in an office and being in the graphic design department or being in the marketing department. Like there's nothing fancy or different about it. It's just it has that title of being an agency. So I kind of nipped that in the butt and I almost wanted to create my own agency at one point because I was like, okay, I'll freelance and then I'll scale and then I'll have people work with me and then we'll we'll create this agency. And then I realized like, I don't really want to do that. <laughs> and I only realized that about last year. Um, and I realized like, no, like I enjoy myself the most when I it's me and I have my clients. Um, and then actually the, at the beginning of this year, during the whole pandemic and just almost like, losing almost all my clients because my clients are like, well, I have to take care of my kids and I have to stay home. So I can't help you and I can't give you work. Um, I kind of got this whole other revelation of something I've been thinking about for a while, but the pandemic kind of just like kicked me in the butt and said like, now is your time. Um, I actually stopped uh, freelance. 
So technically I'm a freelancer and I'll take one or two, maybe some, some projects, but overall I'm no longer taking, taking projects. And now I'm focusing on my product. So I'm nice. really like working for me. Cause yeah, that's you awesome. free, yeah, you freelance. Um, and I, I was like, I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to freelance. But at the end of the day, like you're essentially just working from home and still working for someone else, right? Like you're still yeah. doing client work. You're, you're doing things based off of what someone else wants you to do at the end of the day. Um, and like, I term for it is like independent designer. I always, because freelance yeah. is always the actual official definition. I think for designers or freelancers, yeah. you're working for an agency, um, but like, you know how people go into agencies and work for them, but they're still getting paid by exactly, yeah. But then, for, well, when you're working at home for a, for for other clients, your own clients as an independent designer, yeah. And so, like, so. I didn't really know after a while of doing it. I didn't really, I, I wouldn't say a while, but I mean, after a year of doing it, I realized it's very similar to what I was doing before. Except, yes, now they were were my clients. Um, yeah. So with the pandemic and just like everything kind of just like halting. I realize like I enjoy the most when I'm creating for myself, whether it's a personal project, whether it's to create products to sell to people. So officially I'm a freelancer for the right project. Um, but technically I'm focusing on um, my products and my plushies and my books and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I think I think that's Love an it. important note to, to mention is that, that your own happiness is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. If you're happy in what you're doing, you're going to, Put the most care and the most love into it exactly as corny as that sounds like it's, it's true it's though true. it's true it it's true. really true yeah the corny stuff normally end up being true <laughs> yeah. yeah that's why they true. say it <laughs> yeah and sometimes you have to go through working in a separate job that you don't like to get to the place where you want to be as well yeah you've got to level uh, you don't like too yeah exactly yeah exactly but I, I i wouldn't take take away from what i what i've learned in those offices like i've made great friends. I mean, I don't really talk to them now, but during the time they were great. Um, and I great learned, a t- yeah, great friends at, at the time. Um, yeah. And I learned tons that I still use to this day. Like, even though I'm working on these products, like I'm still using Adobe, I'm still using InDesign, Photoshop, Illustrator. Yeah. Um, I'm using all these programs to this day. So I wouldn't take away from everything that got me here because I wouldn't be here without it for sure. Lovely. I like that. Um, well, one thing I wanted to mention as well is your, well, two things. First, your home studio and then Canada as a country and like working in Canada and design and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, your home studio. You see, got an Instagram highlight on your Instagram, obviously. Uh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> uh, what about your home studio and uh, all the new stuff you've got, all the cool stuff you've got in it, like the plants, mm. and it's really nice and amazing. As Thank you can you. see, I'm just in my living room. Uh, <laughs> your cube's in his bedroom. Millie's I've in got uh, I'm okay. in spare okay. rooms <laughs> my house. <laughs> Exactly. So, how do we make these rooms amazing? I mean, Millie's looks awesome anyway. I don't that, know. That's actually but something I need, I need to hear because I'm in I'm in the process of moving house and I want to put Ooh. some things on my walls. So that you're moving out. Uh, well, I mean, I'm literally moving down the road into a different house, but uh, yeah. I'm I'm sick of having empty walls. I've got a load of um, like a lot of posters in tubes that are ready to go up. I just, nice, nice. Yeah, figure that, that out. That's so exciting. I love like I swear if I wasn't a graphic designer, I think I would have gone into interior design because I I just love like decorating and, yeah. and like going to IKEA and like buying yeah. furniture and Pinteresting yeah. like <laughs> Pinteresting like everything in the world even though I don't need it. Yeah. That's um, what my Pinterest looks like right now. It's room inspiration. Yes, it's so fun. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> 
funny that we actually got an interior designer on the podcast tomorrow. Um, oh, nice. Chat, chat, he's weirdly got the same name as me, so that's why I brought him on the podcast. But uh, like exactly <laughs> the same name, Mark. Anyway. Um, no, I- so yeah, about your your office. How do you make mm. a home office feel like a like an office, but also relaxing and like a place where you want to work and you can be inspired and open, yeah, inspire, free your mind. That's important. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a really good question. I would say for me, it's filled with all the things that make me happy. Um, and color scheme is a huge thing for me. Not only do I design minimally, but I dress minimally, so I don't really wear color. Um, and so I wear like black, white, gray, and like jeans <laughs> and like neutrals. So for me, for me, the main thing was kind of focusing on that as much as possible. Cause that brings me the most joy. Like I love color, just not on me <laughs> and not necessarily surrounding me because it, it, it's a little too much. It's a little overwhelming for me. So kind of like realizing what your, your colors are, or at least like the tones kind of helps you decide like what you're going to focus on. Cause once you go to a place like Ikea, for instance, if red isn't your color, you're not going to look at the red couch and it'll be easier to look at things that you know you like and you enjoy. So that was a huge thing. And then I love plants because for some reason they stay alive with me, which is great. Um, But- (laughs) Lucky you. (laughs) All my plants are fake. Yeah, same. I do have some some fake ones. I do have some (laughs) fake ones. But the biggest part of the reason why I had plants is because I did have a studio office that I was renting, but- Again, because of the pandemic and everything changing, I, I after my lease was done, I, I didn't sign re, renew my lease. Um, so I had a lot of plants there and I have cats at home. And as we know, like cats like to eat plants and grass and stuff. Yeah. So all the plants that I have here are kind of based off of plants that my cats won't eat <laughs> or munch on. And if they will, they are like <laughs> higher up so they can't reach them. Um, but back to your original question. <laughs> It's focusing on, for me at least, focusing on tones and colors that I know that I like and enjoy. Um, They do. They do have the munchies. And then, like, plants. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It was a really bad echo, so the joke didn't land at all. But um, (laughs) hopefully people at home listened. Um, No worries. I completely uh, agree with you, though, on the color scheme thing, Mm because I'm the complete opposite. My brat, like, I... I always notice this with people's home offices that their offices reflect their branding. Mm. Um, and like mine, my branding is very sort of like bright colors and my office is the same. Like everything I buy is like quite eclectic and bold mm. and stuff. And then, yeah, my branding's the same. And obviously all of your artwork is very sort of stripped back in terms of color. Mm-hmm. And then as you say, you look for the same thing in your interior design. Yeah. Just shows how everyone has their sort of individual style and it sort of gets reflected so reflected in some different aspects of your life as well yeah definitely definitely yeah really cool i love that word art behind you obviously only people watching on youtube will be able to see it but yeah it's amazing so it says um we make our thoughts and our thoughts make us and it's a quote from i think it's marissa peer if i'm not mistaken um and i just i got it created as a wall sticker based off of sticker app i don't know if you guys have heard of them but they're pretty great yeah so it was a design that i created and i liked how i made the letters and i was like let me create this and again that was for the studio space that i was renting so a lot of the stuff that's here is because i had to take it out and bring it here um and it luckily fits well in this spare bedroom in my apartment (laughs) really cool type design as well looks amazing thank you thank you great lettering piece what's the thought behind it What's what's the idea behind the quote um the idea that if you're thinking negatively, maybe like you are a negative person and the more you think of negative thoughts, you become more of a negative person. 
And the same thing works with positivity. You think positive, you, you speak positively, you become more of a positive person. So it's just realizing that what you think creates who you are as well. Yeah. That's how I've translated it, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd agree. Like your, your thoughts and your attitude manifest in your personality exactly. and your, your exactly. attitude towards life. So. Mm-hmm. Powerful. Powerful mm-hmm. stuff. I like it. Very good. Uh, Canada. I wanted to, uh, you keep, you got, you don't want to say something? Oh, Canada. No, no, oh, sorry. sorry. I thought you were going to say something. Um, sorry. This is it. <laughs> this is the problem with doing it on Zoom. I, I, I see, I see you keep, I thought he was going to say something and then in person, that would never happen. I would, I would know. <laughs> the comment. Anyway. Um, That's true. So, uh, Canada. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> That's where you were going. What's it like? What's Canada? Because I've been there and, um, I'll be honest, have I didn't have the have best you? experience uh, of Canada. I probably I stayed in the cheapest place in Toronto I could find. And um, I was on the other side of Toronto. They're probably they're, they're not as nice side. Um, <laughs> with, in, in a hostel for £14 a night. Sleeping next to a guy who's snoring. So I had to play like, heavy rock music to, just to get me out of the snoring. I can't sleep with snoring. Um, Sounds down. like a terrible experience. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I walked down. my house. Hey. <laughs> Uh, yeah, won't, you won't, hopefully you won't get this where you're living. But uh, walked walk down the street the first day I got there, and um, this this guy looked like he's on drugs. First morning, it's like a foggy morning. Guy lo- looked like he's on drugs, stared at me, and I just crossed the road because I was so scared. Um, so <laughs> oh, yeah, <dear>. Toronto. <laughs> but Toronto looked amazing. I, you know, I've seen all these films of Toronto in it. I've seen these amazing photos of it. I'm sure that I just went to the bad part of it. Um, Do you remember the area? Know. Do you remember the area uh, you were in? Oh, I could look it up. I look it up. Um, I did go to Niagara Falls. That was nice. Uh, that was that was good. I was a tourist, but that was amazing. Which, yeah. which side is better? <laughs> is it the yeah. American side or the definitely side? definitely the Canadian side? I don't know if you guys okay. saw there was a a meme that was going around, and it was a picture of the boats or the boats that actually sail underneath the falls that you could go on for tours. And there yeah. was two boats, one from the American side, one from the Canadian side. And this is during the pandemic, so there was once they started opening things up, there were two people on the Canadian side and the, the American side was just filled with people, just like a huge amount of people on the boat. And it's, wow. you could just see the differences just from the t- just from that one picture, but definitely the Canadian side. <laughs> yeah, I've always wanted to see the Canadian side. I've seen, I've seen the American side and I remember not being able to see much, I don't think, it was mostly mist. <laughs> Probably. You can, yeah, I remember I went there when I was younger, when I was a kid on a field trip and we went underneath the falls, which was really cool on the Canadian side. Um, so that's also fun as well. But yeah, I mean, you probably went to a really par- terrible part of Toronto. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Riverdale sort of site. It was right near Riverdale. Oh, I have no uh, idea. So I'm actually not in Toronto. I'm actually in Montreal. So yeah. for me, Toronto is like going uh, on a trip. It's like a six hour drive from no, here. not Riverdale. Five, about five hour drive. But it, it oh, wasn't downtown, in, was it? There's a Swansea in, uh, in Toronto. That's amazing. Oh, sorry, I support Swansea Football Club. Um, <laughs> Don't we know? <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't realize that. I was so close to it as well. Damn. Um, a place Alexander, called Park. Who do you think you are, moment? Yeah, there's also a place called Ajax as well, which is obviously in Amsterdam. Well, a football club in Amsterdam. Anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, I probably went to the bad part. And you see all these amazing pictures of people like kayaking on in, in Canada and these amazing mountains. And I was definitely in the bad part of Canada. I'm, I'm not going to base my whole thing on, on that one trip to Toronto. <laughs> Because um, I, yeah, I did see some cool things as well. There was uh, the Maple Leafs were having a, I think they had the home game. I'm just oh, sorry. Oh, you were at the hockey game? No, I wish. I really wish. Oh. <laughs> I 
I was about to be really jealous for a second. Yeah, yeah. This, this, is, this is my like, ultimate dream to go to Toronto and have more talking again. But um, one, the tickets were way too expensive for me. And I think you have to have a season ticket to get a ticket anyway. Um, it, was, it wasn't a game. I think it was a, a, like an end of season parade sort of thing. Um, okay. And, and there was tons and tons of these blue and white shirts. I was like, this is amazing. Um, <laughs> and there's people selling tickets, obviously, outside the, the stadium, which people do over here as well. Yeah. Um, but they were like four or five hundred uh, like pounds, British pounds. So it was like 800 Jeez. Canadian dollars. Yeah. And I was like, I can't afford that. <laughs> um <laughs> But anyway, Toronto, I really want to go back there and, and, court and you know, visit an ice hockey game and do the kayaking in Montreal or wherever the, wherever the cool places are. Um, yeah, so what is, Toronto, what is Canada like, really, without my, my biased opinion? Um, um, well, if you do come back, I suggest you come to Montreal mm. um, and then definitely go towards the west if you come back or if you during that same trip because you have the mountains, you have um, Vancouver's like gorgeous. I've never been, but I've seen pictures oh, and it looks gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I remember but, the Winter Olympics. That was cool. Did you ever go? To, did you go to the Winter Olympics when it was on? No, no, no. But I knew someone that carried the torch, which was cool. Oh. And they did it throughout the whole country, like each person, Amazing. like one yeah, person. Yeah, we did it here when we had it in London. That's cool. super yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, no, but Montreal. I mean, I'm biased because I was born and raised here. We're definitely <laughs> more of like the European version of a city, I guess you can you can call it. So mm. you maybe you be, you would be bored here because you are in Europe and there you saw all the nice architecture and the cobblestones and the beautiful and all that kind of stuff. Um but being an English speaking or Anglophone person in Montreal is a whole other experience all on its own. Um I know French enough to get me by. If it was life or death wow. I wouldn't die I wouldn't die. But it's not my first language. Um and designing as an Anglophone within Montreal is definitely a huge experience versus just being someone in Canada. But for me, I've been lucky enough to have like really creative people around me and really great people that were great at the whole word of mouth thing. So when they work with me, they refer me to other people. Um, I, I don't know, like for my experience as a designer, I've had great experiences. Of course you have like your, your crappy clients sometimes as well, but um, I've had a lot of clients who are outside of Montreal, so in Toronto as well. I've had a lot of clients in the States as well. Um, but I've just, overall, I've had great experiences as a designer in Canada. I wouldn't really say anything overall that's negative that I can think of, at least on the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. I've talked to a few Canadian designers uh, on the podcast and, um, yeah, they've been great. They've been mm -hmm. cool people. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I should get back in touch with them to be honest. That's the thing with, with so many guests, we've had like 200 guests now and yeah. some, some of them you never speak to again and some of them you, you, you become really good friends with. Um, mm -hmm. So we should definitely get back in touch with them. But um, cool. yeah, so the Canadian design scene, because we, we had this discussion the other day where what is British design? Like what is design? Mm. What, what does that even mean? Like, is, there, yeah. is it a thing? Because I was speaking to um, uh, Fian, who's a Nigerian designer, and he's awesome. It's like it's a really cool art scene in Nigeria. Um, mm -hmm. So, what is Canadian design? What does that mean to you? Holy cow, that's a good question. I don't know <laughs> if, if there is like something known as Canadian design that I can think of. I mean, the only thing I would definitely think of that's very Canadian, of course, would be like something that's indigenous. Um, an indigenous designer, anything indigenous related, would be your mm -hmm. stereotypical like Canadian design. But other than that, I think everyone kind of just does their own thing and everyone's very individual in their own sense. Um, but other than like indigenous art or indigenous design, I really couldn't think of anything that's quote unquote Canadian. I think anything with a maple leaf, oh, that's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying anything British is anything with a Union Jack on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll still claim all those countries that we, we uh, had in the 
many years ago. I don't think it was really, that's how we do it, isn't it? That's how the British do it. They just as long as they've got a little little Union Jack in the corner, we'll take that country. That's ours forever. And we change our flags. Pretty get much. A new flag. Yeah. Australia and New Zealand. Come on, guys, get a new flag. But um, you still you still got the Queen on your banknotes as well. That's another story. But uh, mm-hmm. something to do with. We're still tied. We're still tied to you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm You're... actually I'm half British actually. My mom was born there. Oh, ah, no way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You're one I, of us. <laughs> I have I have, I have to get my pass I have to get my password. Like because you got, are you guys still in the EU? Is that is that finalized? Is that just still about, a thing? Just about the EU. No one really knows <laughs> anymore. Your guess is as good as ours. You guys should no know idea. more than I should. Okay. So I, I was like, it's... is it did it happen? I know there was a vote, but is it finalized? Like, I don't know. Oh, okay. So it something happened it. in January or February, but nobody's really sure what it was. Okay. So the latest, the latest I have from my grandparents is the late... Uh, uh, <laughs> from your grandparents. <laughs> I love how we have to go to our grandparents. Yeah, I know. They're the only people who care. BBC grandparent. Um, yeah, so the, it's, it has to be decided by the end of the year, and it's nothing's been like fully agreed yet. But the okay. latest is that it's probably going to happen still. Gotcha. And maybe gotcha. on better terms as well because of the pandemic. So we'll see that how it goes. a lot of confidence when you're in August and they say, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. We'll see how we feel. Yeah. Hmm. We'll figure out in like... Um, it depends on how much Christmas spirit they've got by the end of the year. Yeah. <laughs> we could all be having... We could all have the coronavirus by then. Oh, um, no. So have you, ever seen, uh, if, have you ever seen the um, documentary Design Canada? Because I really want to see that. And I, haven't seen I have it. not. Is that you on heard Netflix? About it. No. Oh, so this is—is is, that, is that a Netflix thing? I don't think it's Netflix, but you can buy it on iTunes. For the looks of it, uh, it's on Vimeo. Oh, um, one of those guys. Uh, so anyway, CN—that's ah, the one. Yeah, that's the logo that I always think of. Canadian design, CN. Um, oh, the trains. <laughs> trains, yeah, yeah. The worm sort of like logo. That's really cool. But mm. it, it seems to—it seems to be like an amazing country. And um, I've always said I wanted to move there and live there one day, but. Uh, not probably not that part of Toronto. So that's, that's the only part. <laughs> I was going to say, Tor- uh, think now after your experience there. Toronto's yeah, also exactly. Toronto's also very expensive. Yeah, yeah. So I'm that, thinking about to London, so it's probably similar. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> very true. Yeah, there's actually there's no talking about expensive things in Canada, which I probably shouldn't mention on this podcast. But basically, I had to um, pay for a toilet repair. That's all I'm going to go into the detail of. Uh, Two hundred Canadian dollars in a hotel. Yeah. Really? For a toilet Wait. repair. Well, that was a hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a hotel, yeah. They definitely, like, <laughs> up their price because the, it's a hotel. <laughs> yeah, they probably did, yeah. It was right next to the airport as well, so it was one of those hotels where I had to charge whatever you want. Um, wow. So, you do not yeah. have great experiences in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want to travel with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm a great traveller. I love travelling. Um <laughs> Just not in Canadian hotels, and I don't know something about Canada. I really want to go though again because I want to get a better experience. But um, no, I, I don't know. There's something about Canadians that always fascinate me, and I think they're a mix of is the mix of European and um, and American that I like. I think that's it's, it's really cool. The, the Americans true. always say you're really friendly, and I, I, I mean everyone I speak to in America is really friendly as well. So I don't really. I've never really understood the difference. I can't tell the difference between the accents. So I might just be really ignorant. As well. I can't tell really? the difference between the accents. <laughs> well, it all depends on where you're from, right? Like, depending on where you're from in the States, okay, like their the accents southern, are... Southern accents their accents are, clearly are, say, are a huge difference, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but to the typical sort of news presenter uh, 
accent, I think. Well, maybe not because you've got different news, news channels. I yeah. Know. Yeah. I that could, know. What I think of as a typical American accent, I can't really tell the difference mm. between that as a, and a Canadian accent. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably really similar. It's just some words and how we pronounce things, like, and are as stereotypical as it is, we do say A a lot. Which is <laughs> a thing you, you don't realize until after you say it. You're like, oh, crap, I just said that. But it's definitely a thing that we say a lot. Um, and then, like, I see, like, let's say cartoons, for instance, like, I binge watched The Simpsons during this whole pandemic. So, like, nice. thir- 30 seasons, I watched the whole thing. Wow. Um, and they talk about Canada a lot, which I still don't understand the connection between that. But they talk about Canada, Montreal, and Quebec, like, specifically, like, a lot mm. within The Simpsons, which is strange. Um, but, like, when you see, like, cartoons and shows make fun of Canadians and just, like, a boot and, like, about and, like, that... You- well, South when Park, you, you when, just gotta watch that. Yeah, <laughs> like when you when you see, when you see that and you hear it, and then you talk to people, and you're like, "Oh crap, we do sound like that." There's just like small <laughs> little differences between like maybe how we're pronounced things that can kind of give you a difference between like American and Canadian. Yeah, you, you should come over to, mm. to yeah, talk about the differences in the English English accents, <laughs> English so accents, and the stereotypes that we get. I saw a um, a tweet the other day that was like, "It makes me laugh how you can drive four hours in the US and you haven't even left the state." Whereas you can drive four hours in the UK and the accents changed five times and they have a different word for bread roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no way. The accents literally That's vary crazy. within like half an hour away. Around here. So wow. Wow. Yeah. Weird. But uh, have you ever been to England? That's my question. I have actually, but like yeah. a long time ago. So when I was on um, a high school Europe trip, we went to oh. London for nice. a couple of days. Yeah. You what was it? your opinion of London? Yeah, was it as bad as Toronto for me? <laughs> Definitely not. We did stay in hostels like throughout the throughout the trip, but like we were kids leaving the country without our parents, so everything. Yeah, I was in, yeah. I was in awe on everything. Yeah. yeah, I was. How old was I? I was sixteen, so like I was in awe of everything. Wow. Um, I haven't been back to London, but. I've definitely traveled like a little bit since then. Like I've been to Asia, like Barbados is wow. my other my other part of me. Um, nice. And like the States and stuff like that. But I definitely want to go back and my mom definitely wants me to get my passport um, because technically I can, but we'll see yeah, when I travel time. again. Yeah, I'll probably travel in like another two to three years because of the pandemic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's it. That's, yeah, that's yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Messed everything up. Mm-hmm. But, um, Barbados as well, that's I mean, such a cool place I want to go to. Oh, it's beautiful. It looks, I love that's a cool flag as well. That's an amazing flag. Yeah. Also Ryan's... part part of British rule as well. But anyways. <laughs> oh, so, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I have to apologise for that. Uh, on behalf of the country. <laughs> yeah. No, I was saying on the night when we did the uh, talk about Nigeria, I was saying I don't really feel attached to the British. Um, I don't know. I, the government and I still haven't worked it out. But the government. Yeah, the government and the, and the royal family, I don't feel attached to at all. But then you've got the British way and uh, the, sort of the grit up north, I feel more attached to than the southern mm-hmm. sort of uh, feel. Mm-hmm. But, Very cool. You're always welcome in the north. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I will. One day I'll come up there. Um, probably a quick stop in London and I'll be up. <laughs> yeah. And the Could first place out. I'll take you to is Starbucks, knowing me. That's it. That's it. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so before we, we sort of close down the podcast and uh, <laughs> end it all, uh, not end it all, literally, but um, <laughs> we're sounded bad. Yeah. How's your day been, Mark? <laughs> yeah, it's been terrible. Is that a rough one? Thinking about Toronto. It's true. It is the end of the day, right? So like maybe you're a little tired. <laughs> yeah. <it's funny>. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, He's going to yeah. end the podcast and just punch a screen. <laughs> 
No, I was gonna, I was gonna um, say about getting getting your personality into your work again because this is something that's come up on the podcast recently, uh, and it's great. Um, so, getting sort of the mix of uh, Canadian and uh, you know British and maybe in Barbados into your work. Do you ever feel? Do you ever feel like you do that? And and how how can people other people do that? Um, probably not at all, to be quite honest with you. Right. <laughs> I don't, it's not really something I ever think of. It's just more mm. of just like a me thing and like, what do I enjoy? What do I like? Um, yeah, yeah. And the sometimes there is the aspect of how do I make a difference in the sense of like what I'm doing and being conscious of that as well. But in the sense of like, let me make something truly Canadian or like, ma- let me make something that's like extremely Bayesian. Like, I don't really have that mindset really. It's just what brings me joy. What do I like? What can I do that can possibly um, make a difference in a positive way? Yeah, no, I like that. The only reason I ask that is because it, it's interesting to hear people's people's answers. Um, so, how how about this? Then? How about designing for social change? Because this is something mm-hmm. that you're clearly trying to do with your products, and uh, well, it, I guess it's working. That sounds of it as well. So that's great. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, awareness. I guess so. To be honest with you, because it's not something I ever really thought of specifically doing like I'm like before at least now it's more I'm more aware of it but before it's just like oh I've never seen this before let me make it or Mm. I've never seen an illustration that has a nose that's similar to mine like let me make it so it was more of just like kind of trying to fill in those gaps and trying to create the things that I wasn't able to have when I was a kid in order for me to be able to see myself Uh, and then it turned into oh wait crap like other people want this too and oh wait like this is great for kids and oh wait like this is great for adults because like we missed this when we were kids and we're still kind of kids at heart right um so it's just been a whirlwind of first let me do something i've never seen or let me do something for younger me into okay this is bigger than me this is a lot more than just about me um and how can i do more as much as i can within the means and if i can't then i'll maybe outsource etc but how can i create and do more to be able to create more of a lasting and better positive experience for people who look like me like that so as yeah. as the things evolved as it's gotten to this thing where you you realize it could be a lot a lot bigger than what it started off the idea started off as how mm-hmm. how's your what, where do you want it to go and like, how has your aspirations sort of changed I don't I don't I think just it being more than just a Montreal thing or people who know me personally and more of just like anyone can see this anyone can grasp it hold it hug it especially specifically talking about the plushies um I really don't know if I have like an ending or a limit as to where it could go or where anything can go at this point it's just more of like Let's add it to the list and see if it's possible. Um, right, like right. let's let's add to the never-ending to-do list and see what I can what I can do and what I can create and who I can work with to help me create it. Um, but I, I wouldn't say that I have a limit. I wouldn't say that I have like a set. Once I hit here, then it's done. It's more of oh, I want to do this. Let's add it to the list. If I can make it, if I can, I can. If I can't, I can't. And then just kind of going from there. Fair enough. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. There's um, something that I find really interesting as well is the fact that. Obviously, you're doing it for the social change, which is amazing. But as you say, it started off as just doing it because you wanted to and you loved it. Yeah. That You hear of that so often in all sorts of industries, obviously, especially creative ones, but where something becomes so popular and loved by so many people. And when when the person's asked where that idea came from, it's like, well, I just created what I wanted to see. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on like the importance of that and like doing things for you and because you're passionate about them. 
Yeah, a hundred and million percent. I think no matter what you're doing, whether you're working that nine to five, whether um, you're working in a job that's not even in your field in any way, shape or form, and maybe you're just doing it because you need the money and like, that's perfectly fine. But finding ways to still do things that you enjoy and that you love. Um, and it doesn't have to be in the art world. Like if you love walking and taking pictures, like, and you're maybe you're a graphic designer, but you want to do photography and it's more of just a for fun thing. I think that's a huge thing. Like I've seen things online now um, lately, like with tweets where it's just like, we don't have hobbies anymore. We we do things to be able to turn it into some kind of business yeah, in some kind of way. Culture. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And like, I get that to a certain extent, but we should still be doing things that we enjoy and that we love. Just and even if it's enjoying it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Because it brings you joy. And like that moment where you were smiling, looking at the thing that you created, like that's what you should hold on to. And that's what you should try to recreate as much as you possibly can. Um, so I definitely think no matter what you're doing, whether it's in the arts, whether it's not, um, even if it's trying new things and it's, you enjoy the aspect of learning something new, like you'll do knitting this time or maybe you do rock climbing next week, like focusing and making sure that you do things that bring you joy no matter what. That's a really important point. Really yeah. good. Because then when you're doing things like that, it doesn't matter where, if it does go somewhere or if it doesn't. Exactly. Uh, if that's not your original goal and it's just because it brings you joy and it makes you happy, then mm-hmm. that's the important thing yeah so yeah it's, and then it's a bonus if it goes if it gets attention or yeah exactly. it or <laughs> whatever it is just, exactly just added, added benefit yeah yeah because let, let's be honest starting like if you started off as something you enjoy then you turn it into a business yes you'll still enjoy it but there's so many other aspects that come into yeah. it that you're not going to enjoy like the accounting much, and, the, yeah. and the 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 paperwork etc cetera, etc cetera. so like try to keep things that you can at least some small things maybe it's one or two things that you don't have to worry about it becoming a business and it's more of just like this makes you freaking happy and you want to continue doing it that's why i didn't become a professional badminton player not because i wasn't good enough (laughs) (laughs) it's because you didn't want to lose the enjoyment (laughs) you enjoy it way too much (laughs) did you know uh yakub was actually born in uh, america Oh, no way. I, we were gonna, I actually thought we were going to make it through a podcast without mentioning it. And I was, I've been biting my tongue for the entire hour. So, because no I way. Say, yeah. Or I where? Have, um, I was born in Connecticut. So oh. I, I, I never, I never picked it. up the accent. I was about to say, you have an English accent. So like no, you were young when you went to England. Then. <laughs> yeah, I was too. So. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> So, like I have a social security number that needs to be activated and all that stuff. No way. So, yeah. So like, I, do you have an American passport? I do. It's got a <laughs> small baby as its picture, but but it's but how it's, it's like. Uh, but it's expired, right? So you can it's, actually it's use so it. So expired. Okay. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd, I'd have to renew it. Very cool. Would you want yeah. to at this point in this climate? Uh, do you I'm want an American passport? And then, then figure out. <laughs> Uh, you know, I do have dreams. Seems of, like a uh, really good idea. In New York. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna wait till uh, uh, he he's gone, <laughs> and then we'll go from there. Good idea. New York is also super expensive. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Toronto's our New York, essentially. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, and we've got London. <laughs> Places that you could just never afford to live. You know what? Right. I, you know what? I've actually looked. At, I've been doing a bit of research. In, in sorry, the only reason why I brought that up is because we, we 
I'm not letting it go now. And uh, every time, <laughs> yeah. the first three episodes we did together, uh, he, he mentioned the three, like, the Asian episodes. And I it, we're just going to do it. Almost every podcast. We're going to yeah. do it every podcast now, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> the listeners are going to be fed up with it. <laughs> it's going to be great. That's fantastic. But if you don't do it, then people are going to be like, but why, yeah. why didn't you guys mention it? The Even at the end of the now, show. The goal now is to get a shirt that just says I was born in America. <laughs> yeah. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Maybe we should get a, actually, I know a designer in Connecticut. We should get yeah. um, we should get him to design your shirt. Yeah, Ooh. he's an English designer as well. I'll wear, I'll wear it every single podcast. But once they hear your accent, they're going to be very confused. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm a very confusing. I have a New York Giants jersey up there. I'm, I don't watch That's any fantastic. English football. I only That's watch amazing. American football. That's amazing. Very all over the place. I'm very <laughs> That's good though, because there's no other you but you. Exactly. That's nice. Um, do you have any life advice for young people out there? Uh, are you on listening Ooh, to the podcast? Life advice? Yeah. I see this to say that no matter what I say, you'll probably take it and then maybe it'll go out of one ear and come out the other. But I hope at one point you kind of come back to this and just be like, huh, I remember that podcast and she said this. Um, but it's really just repeating what I said before, like do things that you love um, and continue to do things that you love and make sure to do things that you love. Like, Maybe you're having an argument with mom and dad, or maybe you're having an argument with your cousin and like things are in a crappy situation and like you'll eventually resolve it, but make sure that you do things that you love um, and you find time for yourself to be able to come back to your Zen or your you, your happiness, your, your mm -hmm. normal, um, to be able to go back and deal with those issues or maybe it's work or maybe it's family, et cetera. But finding a space for yourself um, and doing things that you love and like, It'll, it'll work out. And I say this to myself all the time, even though I'm in a situation where it's just like, ah, it's never going to work out. But no matter what, it's always going to work out. Lovely. I like that. That's definitely mm -hmm. something that I've been, um, I've, I had the uh, thought of the last year and a bit. Um, yeah, definitely followed that path. And now I'm in something that I love. So I appreciate that advice and sharing it. It's good advice. Mm -hmm. Thanks. Um, what, what, important. Yeah. Exactly. What's your, what's your best purchase under 100? Uh, oh, the 200 Canadian dollars. I'll give you 200. My best purchase? Conversion rate. Yeah. Your best yeah, purchase. Yeah, we ask everyone this. Sorry, it's not that random. <laughs> no, I like that question. That's a good question. Um, it has to be an inanimate object, right? <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know how to answer that one. Is your boyfriend? Like, what's going well, on? no, I bought my cats. Like, one, one of oh, my cats. Oh, right. Cats, of course. <laughs> one, right. Sorry. One of my cats, I fostered her and then I eventually adopted her, but I had to pay for that whole adoption process. Oh, um, okay. And then my second cat was free, but I would say my cats. <laughs> nice. Definitely buy that cats, not boyfriends. Yeah. That's, that's a good that's No, a good I, didn't have, I didn't have to pay for boyfriend. him. <laughs> I didn't have to have a t-shirt. No, that's a good answer, cats. Yeah, I know. Thank you, thank you. I've heard that before. If I, if I had to, if it was an inanimate object, I would mm. probably say, well, yeah, all tech is definitely over $200, so that's not an option. Um, yeah. Huh. Probably. Yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> it's a good question. Cats can be a good one. Yeah. I like that. Isn't it? Yeah. Pets are important. I think I think my pets, yeah, my cats. They bring there me tons of joy. That's nice. Mm -hmm. uh, the next question is, uh, well, I was going to say more serious, but it's not really. It's up to you how you take it. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, how do you want to be remembered? 
do, how do you want to be remembered? That's how do I want to be remembered? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hmm. I think as someone who did what she loved and didn't really ask questions about it, as someone who was optimistic as much as she possibly could be and always had a smile on her face, um, even when times didn't really mean that you should have a smile on your face, but always trying to be positive as much as possible. Um, it's kind of like a run on answer, but <laughs> uh, yeah, like someone who never gave up and kept going and kept pushing um, and someone who was caring and loving and all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, that's nice. That's a really good yeah. answer. I like that. Thanks. Definitely, definitely the positive Canadians coming out again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you, do you, Millie and Yakub, have any uh, any other questions or any other topics you want to chat with chat with uh, Danielle about? I think I've covered everything. coming to mind right now. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Same here. All right then. Where can people find you and, and check out your, your stuff? Yeah, um, you can find me at dmcmtl.com. You can find the plushies, Ziri and Dre at ziriandre.com, and you can find my coloring books. Uh, blackcoloringbooks.com and it's coloring with a U because I'm Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fun. (laughs) Exactly. And then you can find my hair, which is right over here, um, at any bookstore if you're you're in the UK, on Amazon, um, if you're in Mm. Canada, Indigo, Chapters, if you're in the States, Barnes Noble, or again, Amazon. And if you want to buy Daniel's hair, you can find it over at Etsy. Uh, um, no, that's really awesome. Uh, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Appreciate thank you. It. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Hey. It's been amazing. Really great to talk to you. Thank there you. There you go. That is the podcast. Hey. Yay. That was, was really so good. fun. Thank you, Lil, yeah, for real. Thank you so much. This is so exciting. <laughs> thank you for coming on. No problem. Lots of great topics. Yeah. Oh.